Thank you for that good singing. That last song was a song that maybe was new to some of the newer people, but I think those of us uh, older might have remembered that song from many years ago. Tremendous words, tremendous words. That's why I asked that we would have that sung. Looking unto Jesus is the title of our message today. And I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We miss the Gehrings today. The, uh, Carolyn had stopped in the office and said that <clears throat> Tuesday is when James is having his hip surgery and that uh, they probably wouldn't be here today. It's just getting so hard for him to get around. But let's be in prayer for Jim uh, on Tuesday. Lord willing, I hope to be there with them, praying that it would be a successful surgery. Jim says, I hear it's much easier than most, so I'm looking forward to getting this taken care of. So I trust that'll be the case for him. Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to look primarily to two verses, one and two, as we read together. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Lord, we ask that you would bless these words to our hearts and minds this morning as we worship you. Thank you the, for the opportunity of being gathered together in a house of prayer. Thank you for these beautiful songs that lifted our souls and praise to you and worship. And now, Lord, we want to continue our worship time, praying the Holy Spirit would again illuminate truth to our hearts, that we can apply our hearts unto wisdom as we live for you. In your precious and worthy name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. <clears throat> this was the message I had prepared to preach last Sunday. Thank the Lord for Brother Peter to fill it in for me. Um, Friday I was in no shape to preach, and by Sunday I thought, should I or shouldn't I? And yet you can't wait till the last minute to call for someone to, to fill in for you. And so thank you, Peter. This is the second Sunday in the new year, and uh, I just thought it certainly still would be applicable. And so by the Lord's help, we want to share with you this message, looking onto Jesus. And as we are beginning a new year, I, I want to bring a challenge to us as a congregation to intentionally put our focus more on Jesus Christ. Let's think about the phrase, looking onto Jesus. What, what a greater way can it be than to do that, uh, beginning and continuing on through the, the months of 2018? I felt drawn to those words there in verse 2. And it speaks of action. Let us, that's every one of us joining together. Speaks of definite action, looking onto Jesus. There's our focus. He must be our single aim. And so let's center our worship time on Jesus Christ. 
My prayer is that we as a congregation may come to know him better uh, than ever before and to serve him with renewed confidence, enthusiasm, that we can declare his name with increasing excitement. What does Jesus Christ mean to you? That's all you have to say to others. He has done so much. And to share your faith and your testimony. And so we want to show that Christ not only speaks today, but that he is the answer for all of our needs. I'd like to encourage us in those times of trouble, and believe me, there, if you're not experiencing it now, you will. <laughs> but in those times of difficulty, let's snuggle up close to Jesus. I appreciate so much that last hymn, Sitting at the Feet of Jesus. May that be a reality for us. That we can run to the cross in those times of heartache and trouble. And to know that that can be the center of all we do. I also believe that God has important things for us to do in days of ahead. And so running to the cross, I, I don't want it just to be a slogan. But I think it should challenge us as a, a way of life. Maybe a supreme calling for us as believers. And so in this year, 2018, have you gotten used to saying that yet? Uh, Let's lift up Jesus and proclaim the message of the cross. And so we want to consider today the thought of looking onto Jesus for this new year. And so it comes out of Hebrews chapter 12, those first two verses. But think about it, first of all, he is our concentration Looking onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Where would we be if it hadn't been for Jesus and what he accomplished for us on the cross? This looking has an idea of, of, of centering your, your gaze upon something, turning your, your attention away from other things, and giving it to one object. <clears throat> I remember, and this story came to me as I was preparing this sermon, of uh, an incident that happened in my life that really was scary, but God was with me. It was a Saturday, beautiful day in the springtime. And of course, in the spring, I think of flowers and and gardening. And and so, and I was in charge of my little three-year-old granddaughter that day. And so I said, come on, Jana, let's go to the Amish greenhouse. In Big Valley, there a lot of Amish have greenhouses, but there was one particular place we loved to go. And so I went there, and she toddled along beside me, and I had a box, and I was putting plants in, and I was asking her, what, what pretty flowers do you like? And, you know, they'll, they'll help you. She was pointing out, so I was, had quite a, back, a box full. So we got up to the place where you set the box up, and you, you, she rings it all up, and you pay the bill, and... Uh, so I was writing my check out and gathered the box and I looked and Jana, where are you? She wasn't there. So I looked around the store. She wasn't there. So I went outside, went over to the car. I could not find her anywhere. Well, immediately, fear hit me. What if somebody kidnapped my little angel, you know? All kind of thoughts, you know, go through your mind. Maybe you're not like that, but it did me. I looked over in the field, probably from 
Helen back there, but about this far away, there was Jaina out among these huge Belgian workhorses, I think they were. Do you know what I'm talking about? How many were at the farm show this week? You probably saw some of them. Huge things. There she is walking in among these horses as they're just eating grass. And she loved horses, by the way. Well, I went over to the fence as quickly as I could and tried not to scare the horses, of course. Jaina, would you come to Grandpa, please? And she looked up and smiled, walked among those horses right over to the fence. I mean, I grabbed her and I hooked her. Because one of those big horses would have stepped sideways. That had been the end of Jaina. Where are you wandering today? Where's your focus? Looking onto Jesus, I think it requires a holy habit of the soul. Demands a continual, a sustained action, if you please. Like the mariner in the rough seas, he's, he's watching his compass to stay on course. Now, I, I am not a <clears throat> fisherman and I, I don't go sailing, so that's all new to me. I went on one cruise uh, ship to the Bahamas and we really enjoyed that. But I remember the one night that boat was just swaying and rocking and I looked out our window and they have lights shining out on the dark seas and I saw waves, I declare they were 40 feet tall. Oh, I said, Lord, take care of us. I like the good solid earth. But the mariners, they watch their compass and this touches all that we do. Uh, and in life and, and how we use our time. So what, what fills your gauge, or your gaze rather, your gaze this morning? Is it Jesus? Or is it other things? Stories told many years ago, a man wanted to climb the, the Swiss Alps. I don't know if anybody's ever been there. I've seen pictures, it must be beautiful. Maybe I should say that's a little teeny bit of my bucket list. I'd love to see that. But he hired an experienced guide to take him up into the Alps on a hike. And after many hours, they were really up there high in, in the remote mountain pass. And to the man's dismay, here there, there had been a rain during the night had washed out part of their pathway. What could he do? mountain on this side and a sheer cliff on that side dropping down almost a thousand feet and he looked down there and oh, I can just about feel how he would have felt his knees got weak and his head grew faint and that moment the guide shouted to him don't look down or you're a dead man <clears throat> keep your eyes on me where I put my feet you put your feet and the man did as he was instructed, and soon they had passed across that dangerous spot to safety. I think that's a good advice to all of us this morning. As we begin a new year, no one here knows what may lie ahead. But we know the one that does. And so we want to walk where he walks. Yes, sooner or later we may come across that dangerous path where it seems like the way is washed out. And it looks impossible. But at that moment, don't panic. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. And mark carefully his steps before us.
we follow him, we'll come to the end of the year and probably so quick, as we look back, we'll be able to know that we were kept safe by his amazing grace. My mother used to say that as you get older, time flies. I think it's going like a jet plane these days. <laughs> now, you children won't know a thing about what I'm saying there, but someday you may. As you get older, it does seem to go faster. <clears throat> Our text gives us a wonderful motivation when it says that Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. It means at least three things I'd like to share with you. First, he provides for our salvation. He makes it possible by his death and his resurrection. Secondly, he is the perfect example in which we're to follow. He trusted God, his Father, perfectly. Even when he was sorely tempted in the wilderness, he did not give in. He did not give up. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he yielded up his human will to his Father's will when he said, not my will, but thine be done. And thirdly, <clears throat> he gives us the faith and strength that we need when we sometimes feel like quitting. All true faith comes from him because faith itself is a gift from God. In Christ, we can find everything we need. So keep your gaze on Jesus. Keep your gaze on Jesus. Secondly, he's our sacrifice. He's our sacrifice. Oh, for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. Now, when you think of two words there, joy and cross, they don't seem like they go together. Uh, the cross speaks of pain, suffering, shame, ridicule, rejection, ultimate public humiliation. Crucifixion meant a slow, agonizing death that often lasts for hours, maybe even into a day or two. There, there's nothing beautiful or humane about dying on a cross. The worst kind of torture reserved for the very worst of sinners or criminals. So where's the joy in that kind of death? He says here about who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. The answer is there is no joy in the death by crucifixion. But Jesus went to the cross, endured the pain, despised the shame, that he might obtain the joy that was coming after. Coming after. So did Jesus enjoy the cross and the shame? Certainly not. Thank you. She's right with me. But he endured what was coming later. That's why he endured it. Because of the joy that would, would come to him, he knew what he did brought glory to his heavenly father, to God himself. The joy of triumphing over death and hell to provide for us our redemption. So these joys were his, but they came at a high cost, that of the Roman cross. So we can see a principle of delayed gratification at work 
here in our lives on two different levels. Level one is giving up the good to obtain the best. The early days of this new year, there are a lot of people, I believe they're sincere, they're trying to make resolutions, depend on that principle. We give up food in order to what? Lose weight, yes. Students, <clears throat> they give up a night to study because they want to get that good grade. I remember times that I was in our home when I was in Bible college studying for the exam that was tomorrow, and I knew the kids were up on the hill there playing volleyball. I wanted to be with them, but duty called, <laughs> and it paid off. Sacrifices involved when one forfeits something for a higher uh, reward. High school athletes, I see them out running, and it's so hot, and you can just see they're, they're sweated up, but they're running because there's going to be a race, and they want to finish first. You know those, I don't are there any here that are taking piano lessons, any of our younger people? What does it require to become a good pianist? You, you see... Amber and my wife and others up here, I read your lips, practice. <laughs> when others are playing, you're in there dutifully practicing on that piano because you want to someday do your very best. Jesus said, follow me, and he went to the cross. Are we willing to endure hardships, difficulties, in order to know the joy a fulfilling God's will for us in our life. You know, the athlete will say, no pain, no gain. No glory, no, or no suffering, no glory. No cross, no crown, no tears, no joy. Keep your eye on the prize. We're coming home last night from our daughters. We were up yesterday helping them, getting ready to move, doing some painting and what have you. That's why I was see, sitting today. I have a lower back that's giving me a little excitement but we were driving the car and my wife is there on her phone checking out the scores of the eagle game and how many here are eagle fans well you know when the eagles were behind a few points my wife wasn't very happy finally turned the radio on got some gospel music to get my mind on that And she kept enjoying this. Yeah, I didn't say the right word. She kept enduring this game. She calls them nail biters. Do you know what I mean by that? Well, those are the kind that just make me too nervous. I can't even enjoy it anyways. So I said, just tell me the score at the end. Well, at the end, I heard all about it, how it all panned out, and it was pretty good. Now, where in the world did that come from? Oh, Yes. I see now, no suffering, no glory, you know, all right. Let's move on. I don't know what happened to my wife. Anyhow, she took off. Our finisher, our finisher, that's the last point. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God because his work was finished. He had accomplished what God had for him here on earth. The Old Testament, the... The priest's duty was such that they could hardly ever sit down. There were so many people wanting to offer sacrifices for sin. It seemed like their work was never done. 
But when Jesus went to the cross, became the Lamb of God, suffered and died there, it is finished. That's what he said on the cross. His work was complete now. No other offering could be accepted. Jesus paid it all. That's why we hear theologians use those words, the finished work of Jesus Christ. Therefore, to him belongs all praise and all glory. He must have the preeminence in our lives because God has given him a name that is above every name. Praise the Lord. So when we pray to him, we are praying to one who has been exalted to the highest, the highest place of honor. That means that we have a friend in high places, folks. One that can help us in our time of need. I appreciate those words from Ephesians 2. Listen to verses 4 through 6. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great joy or love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. Oh, what a wonderful truth that is. It's, it's hard to comprehend because so many times we find ourselves struggling in the dust and the dirt of daily reality. We don't feel like we're seated in heavenly places always. And in our minds, we're in a battle but from God's point of view, the battle has been won. It's over. <laughs> the victory is already ours. And someday, friends, when we see Christ and we're over there in heaven, we are then joint heirs. <laughs> All that he has will be ours. Oh, the great hope, the great hope. We have a race set before us. One day soon, we're going to cross that finish line and we'll be seated together with our Lord Jesus Christ. Our work is over. Our victory is won. I sometimes think of that when we're having funeral services. A saint has gone on. Their work is done. And life is now beginning for them. How we look forward to heaven. I'd like to share just three simple thoughts in closing. One, the only way to win the race. Keep our eyes on Jesus. We have everything we need to help us along the way. We have that cloud of witnesses, the saints and those that have gone on before. So keep your eyes on him. Don't be turned aside or distracted by the things of the world. Keep running. Don't look back. Keep running onto Jesus and run with all your might. That finish line is coming and someday we're going to cross it. Secondly, when hard times come, don't start with your circumstances and then try to find Jesus. Look to Jesus immediately and then go to your circumstances. I think that's a, a profound, important principle. Hard times often can trip us up. And we, can't, and we can't understand why would God allow these things to come into my life. Start looking to Jesus. Go back to the, his word, the Bible, and review what you know about the Lord, his mercy, his grace, his kindness, his power, his wisdom. Once you've laid that foundation from the word of God, 
then you can find your way back to your circumstances. Start with Jesus, not your problems. And lastly, when you feel like giving up, remember that God's eyes are on you already a winner. That's what he looks at us as. That even now, yes, we are seated together in heavenly places. And in God's eyes, the outcome has been determined. And so, yes, we may fail, we may fall. But if you know Jesus, the victory is yours. One day you openly share in his triumph. And let those who name the name of Jesus rejoice in him. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Oh, let that truth give you strength today when you feel like you can't go on. One man was asked this question, is your faith strong? This Christian man was down within hours of his death and he said, no, but my Jesus is. <laughs> I like that. Doesn't matter if our faith is strong this morning. We know Jesus is. Praise the Lord. So during this year, your faith, yes, it's going to rise and fall. Bearing seasons and tides of life come our way. And as the worship team comes, remember that. Even faith like a mustard seed is honored by God. Here's a good cheer for the new year. Everything we need, we will find in Christ. Every virtue is in him. Every good thing he willingly will give to us. And so let no one falter in the race that is set before him. Let no one drop out because of discouragement, fear, doubt, despair, anger, or bitterness. Who already ran the race? It's Jesus. Yes, He's the captain of our salvation, the savior of all who come to him. <clears throat> so let's always be looking onto Jesus in 2018. And I can guarantee you he'll see you through no matter what may come. Amen.